Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he's not seen. And he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. So Jesus says, I can't separate loving God from loving others. It's impossible. I can't claim to love God if I don't show love to people. Is it possible to love God if you don't love those around you? Today, Pastor Mark will show listeners how serious Jesus was about loving others. Loving people is not easy, but the Lord expects it of those who follow Him. If you are to label yourself as a Christ follower, understand the responsibility that comes with it. You cannot be in isolation and still love God the way He desires. He wants you to be in fellowship with others. Think about your life and your relationships today. Do you make it a priority to spread the gospel message by loving those around you? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his message entitled, Love. It's simple, not easy. going to learn today about loving people. Well, what kind of people? All kinds of people. Difficult, cranky, impossible, hard to love people. Do you know anybody like that? Did you marry anybody like that? (laughs) Jesus simplified the greatest commandment in two words. Love God. The word love is, well, we defined it for you. It's agape. It's selfless, other-centered kind of love. Then we gave you five ways that we can show love to God. But Jesus wasn't finished. Now, Jesus said loving God covered those first four commandments. The vertical between man and in God. But there's 10. So today we're going to learn the six other commandments, all summarized into one. These are the horizontal commandments that apply to people to people. We begin in Matthew 22, verse 39. And the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself. And all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. 
Jesus just doesn't come up with this verse out of the air. He actually goes back, as he did with the first. He goes back to the Old Testament, Leviticus 19.18. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. That love is the same love that we talked about with God. God's unselfish love. Well, what does it mean, my neighbor? Well, really, it means people in general. That includes our family, our neighbors, our co-workers, our fellow believers. And we learned earlier on in Matthew, we're even to love our enemies. So why the second part of this? Why the horizontal? Can't we just love God and that's enough? Well, the very first thing you want to write today is simply this. Jesus says we cannot love God in isolation. We cannot love God in isolation. Well, Pastor Mark, isolation, God made me a lone ranger. No, he didn't. Notice 1 John 4, 20, you see it. In Vieira, look at it. If anyone says, I love God. See, we have people all the time say, oh, I love God. Well, if you're going to love God, you have to love people. Notice, I love God, yet hates his brother. He is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. So Jesus says, I can't separate loving God from loving others. It's impossible. I can't claim to love God if I don't show love to people. God created you and me with two needs. He created me to be in fellowship or to love God. And he created me to be in fellowship or to love other people. I'm going to teach you 613 commands in 15 seconds. Where to, here we go, love God. Say it with me, love God. And we're to love others. We're to love God and we're to love others. Just like Sesame Street, we're to love God and to love others. Pastor Mark, that's stupid. No, 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 no. Because if I get this, all the rest fall into place. See, it's, oh, it's very simple, but it's not easy. You know why? Well, look at the person next to you. Go ahead, just look at them. To love that person? It's not, it, it's difficult because they could be cranky. You know exactly what I mean. Here's the definition. Love is an inner commitment to God expressed by our conduct and by human relationships. You see, really, if I love God, it's primarily expressed in loving other people. Now, how did Jesus show love to others? Jesus was the role model. If you want a little homework, if you want a devotion that'll last for a few months, here's what you do. 
Get your Bibles every morning, 10, 15 minutes. Start in the book of Matthew and go all the way through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Every time you see Jesus with another person, study it. You will discover how Jesus loved people. He's the role model. And as you and I follow that, one thing you'll notice, Jesus was always around people. He didn't live in isolation. He loved people, followers and non-followers. Today I want to give you here in Melbourne six ways to show that we're obeying this horizontal commandment, that we are actually loving other people. Here's number one. Write it down. We show love to others by being connected to them, including, obviously, some kind of involvement in a small group. You see, when God designed you, he designed you and I as part of a body. Look at Romans 12. I have it for you there in verse 4 and 5. Now, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of his body, and each of us has different work to do. And since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other, and each of us needs all the others. In other words, as a Christ follower, I was designed to belong to you, to be connected to you. We don't live to ourselves. I need you, and you need me. Now, in the body... How do we function? You certainly know that your body functions together with your brain and your right arm and left and the leg and whatever. It just happens as we move through. The Bible is filled with commands. They're called the one another commands. I'm going to read some to you, and I want to ask you how widely you're connected. Here we go. Love one another, receive one another, greet one another, submit to one another, serve one another, confess to one another, forgive one another, encourage one another. Notice, you say, well, Pastor Mark, greet one another. Man, I did it this morning. Well, a little. How about confess to one another? You see, you have to have people you're connected that trust you. Much of the church doesn't. Well, it's not just the do commands. Listen to these, the don'ts. Don't devour one another. Don't irritate one another. Don't be jealous of one another. Don't speak evil of one another. Don't lie one to one another. Don't provoke one another. Don't judge one another. When and where do you practice these commands? You see, we have to interact None of these commands can be obeyed in isolation. So what do we do? How do we do that? If this weekly corporate service doesn't connect us, how do I get connected? Well, God designed for you to be in a small group of some type. But here in America, we practice isolation, not being connected. You see, we're too private. Most of us, when we leave here, you'll drive home. 
And you'll drive into a gated community. Yes, I live in one. You go down the street. You get to the garage. You push the opener. You go in. You close the door. You go into the back. You open the gate. There's your porch. I happen to be on a lake. And there you are, fenced in, and nobody sees you. Anybody here remember the day we used to drive home and you'd go sit on the front porch to see the neighbors go by and you'd talk with them? Anybody here remember when your front door was always open and a neighbor could come in like Seinfeld and go right to your refrigerator and get something? In Vieira, do you remember that? Now we have codes. We can't even get in our own home sometimes. What I was reminded of in these little groups, we've isolated ourselves here too much. So we can't practice what God asks us to do. We feel by coming to this corporate service, we're fulfilling this love one another. And that is absolutely impossible. Proverbs 13, 20 says, He who walks with the wise grows wise. Someone has said that friends are like buttons on an elevator. They'll either take you up (laughs) or they'll take you down. You want good friends. Number two, we show love to others by experiencing real relationships. Real relationships. Again, that Word love is the agape love, God's kind of love, the love that's self-sacrificial, a love that cares for the well-being of others. Romans 12, 9 says this, don't just pretend that you love others, really love them. That means that my interaction with you should be without hypocrisy. I'm not to wear a mask, pretending that I love you. But I want to be genuine and real and sincere. Because we're selfish, we have to be very careful. Selfish love always looks to see what you can get out of the relationship. Well, I like to be a friend of theirs. I like to be connected to them because they can do some good stuff for me. Do you know that people come to a large church for one reason, some people? Because they have a business. And they want to make connectivity here. Oh, not for the things of God. So that they can do well financially. That's not real love. Real love reaches out for what I can do for the other person. I have to be careful as the pastor of this church. Because people like to treat me kindly. I can't abuse people. I can't, listen, use people. I need to love people. So what you see here certainly isn't perfect, but what you see here is what you'll see in Publix. The character you see here, not perfect, but striving to be holy. The character you see here is the character you'll see in Publix or on the golf course. I wish that was true in the pulpits of our churches. You know, we see amazing things happening today in our pulpits, especially these TV ministries where people fall, they get divorced or whatever, and the next statement is, 
Doesn't matter. Church is going on. Everything's going to be perfect. We're not stopping ministry. We fail morally, but everything's going to go wrong. We're just going to be right. The world looks at that and goes, what's up with that? You see, if you're going to be connected, you don't want to be connected to somebody you don't know. You thought you knew them, and whoa! You want to be connected to somebody that's real. Take your mask off today. You know, if you wear a mask, it's not just hot, but you're always uncomfortable. You know why? Because you're afraid somebody's going to discover the real you. And you're always miserable. Guys, let's get real today. Let's just be who we are. We all know that we're a work in progress. All of us understand that. If I'm going to love people, I have to be real. Notice 1 Timothy. The purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clean conscience, and a genuine faith. If I have God's love, it reaches out to help you, not to try to get from you, but to help you. Number three, we show love to others by encouraging them and doing good to them. Now, I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews. It's back toward the end of the Bible. Hebrews chapter 3. Viera, Hebrews chapter 3. One of the tools that Satan has in his life that he uses, Satan has a big bag of tools. And one of the tools that Satan has, he has a little hammer. And you know what the hammer is? It's the hammer of discouragement. Boom. Any of you feel it this week? Boom. And he pulls this out. I need to be encouraged. Do you ever need to be encouraged? You see, if I'm going to be real, and if you're going to be real, you're going to say there are times that you're discouraged. Something happened this week. A lab value came back. A phone call. One of your children. The mortgage payment. There's always a need for encouragement, and Satan loves to discourage us. So what is the solution to that tool of Satan's bag? Well, often it's the Word of God. See, God's a God of all hope. God isn't out there condemning us. He's just encouraging us to get better. And I want you to leave with hope. So look at this command, Hebrews chapter 3. You've turned there. Verse 13, look what it says. But encourage one another, how often? Daily. Well, who's the one another? You can't turn to the person sitting here right now and just encourage them. You can't get into that kind of a conversation. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. The word encourage here simply means this, to put courage in them. So God uses the word of God to encourage us. But you know what else he does? He uses people to encourage us. You see, I want to be around people. It's much more pleasurable doing the road of life with good friends that I'm connected with. And they can sense that I need to be encouraged. They can see, they can understand that I'm struggling in this area. I don't even have to say anything. And they'll just come alongside and encourage me. You see, Satan knows how to get us, doesn't he? And why would you be hypocritical and go, I never need 
encouragement. Who are you kidding? Life is not fair. Amen? It's tough. It just doesn't always work the way you think it should. So God uses his word to encourage us, but he uses people to encourage us. You see, we need one another. We need human people to encourage us. How wonderful to be in a small group, a Bible study somewhere, and you decide next week the doctor calls and says, you know that test you had last week? You got to go in for an exam. We think it may be the big C word. Now, if you're not connected to anybody, that's a lonely thing to do. Yes, we have a wonderful ministry that goes to the hospitals. But even better than that, how about one of 12 people in your small group, one of 15 or 18 in your Bible study, and you share that with them without the details, just say, and they show up, a couple of them, to pray with you before the surgery. A couple of them fix dinner for you because you're going to be unable to do that for a day or two. How That's the way we're supposed to function. But we live alone thinking we can meet all of our needs. We can't. God never designed us to do that. We need one another. We need to put courage in one another. 1 Thessalonians says, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. You know, if there's one place where we should be encouraging one another more than any other place, it's in our homes. What kind of words were in your home this week between spouse, between you and your children? Were the words that you used to build each other up? Did you husbands build your wife up? Did you wives tear your husband down? Listen to some of these words. They should never be in our marriages. You always. You never. That's so stupid. What were you thinking? I can't believe you did that. Amazingly, in our marriages, we say we love our spouses. But our words and our actions are not loving. Do you know that some spouses today have become so beaten down because of years of hurtful, hateful words? They just see themselves as worthless. But everyone looking from the outside goes, what a wonderful marriage. They've been married 20, 32 years, 40. Wow, it's great. But inside the home, it's hell. Hurtful. Disaster. Why? Because we're not obeying the one other commands. How much better in our homes to do exactly what the Bible said. Let me give you a little homework if you're married. Here's Balmer's translation to 1 Thessalonians. Here's what it says. So Mark encouraged Linda and build Linda up just as you are already doing. Jesus says we cannot love God in isolation. Today we learn from Pastor Mark that if we're to love God, we must also love others. Love is an inner commitment to God expressed by our conduct and by human relationships. Your responsibility to love and serve God does not stop with you. He calls us to invest in the lives of those around us. And by doing so, our understanding of Christ and service to Him will only grow. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. How do we show love to others? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach listeners how to love God by loving others. You can only truly connect with those around you by developing real relationships. When you do this, you're showing love. People want to feel wanted and desire to be poured into. The best way you can show God you love Him is by loving His people as He commanded. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Here